Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 38, where we're going where we're going to talk about our biggest mistakes. And today it's just Martina and I. So Steven's still out for a little bit. Uh, so what's going on, Martina? I'm hoping that your mistakes are bigger than my mistakes. I guarantee a lot of them are higher than I'd like them to be. <laughs> <laughs> which you already know most of them so I, I think you know this going in well i know the most recent one for sure oh yeah oh, yeah the hot, the hot button for you right now it's yes it's still a hot button so hopefully we can teach some people that um our mistakes and what i've talked to you about before and now people can start retaining what we're talking about well hopefully we can provide some insight as to what you should not do. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one might roll over to like a two-hour episode talking about mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> I mean, we've made enough of them. An hour per, an hour per host. So, what are you watching this week? I finished up The Good Doctor, and I'm trying to wrap up um, Iron Man two, so I can finish because it's three weeks until Avengers comes out, and I have like. 18 more movies to watch so <laughs> are you going on opening day <laughs> no probably i'll probably go i probably will go opening weekend okay just because you know the internet starts to ruin everything so i don't want any spoilers to so i i can typically avoid the spoilers and then i just get it when it comes to Redbox. i can't believe you can wait that long well usually but... it's because my wife isn't really interested in watching those kind of movies right and I'd, I'm not going to be that weirdo that just goes to the movie by myself. Oh, I could never go to the movies by myself. Neither could I. Like, I'd feel awkward. I get, like, I know people that do it. I'm like, how how could you? Or going to a restaurant and eating by yourself? That's just something I could never do. If it's, like, you know, a fast food or if it's, like, a Chipotle, something that's quick, you can do that by yourself. I don't think I could. But I could not go to, like, Olive Garden <laughs> or... <laughs> Like a steakhouse and sit there by myself. Like I'd feel awkward. You're like, I want the dinner for two, sir. It's just you. I'm really hungry. Did, my date didn't you see my me. invisible wife right here? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no the 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 movie. I, especially if it's a movie where kids would go to. If you're that like you know dude well, and you're that's a guy. by yourself, yeah, there's yeah, no way you can no, go. No, you're not exactly. See, you get it. You understand. <laughs> I'm sure everyone listening is appreciating that you don't go to the child movies by yourself either. No, that would be creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you watching? I have been watching Abby's 
on Hulu. So it is... Oh, I saw the first episode of that. I, so I'm on the second one. The I was watching Cloak and Dagger early in the week, mm-hmm. but I finished the first season. So I I switched to Abby's because it popped up as, I guess, a popular one at the moment. And I watched the first episode... And it's it's kind of cool. Like it's, I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of. It's like outside Cheers. You know, that's actually what came to mind. Yeah, was Cheers. And for you know anybody that doesn't know what Cheers is, because you were born way later. Yeah, <laughs> after 1990. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it was interesting because it's kind of like a mixture of Cheers and Friends, mm-hmm. in a way. And we just dated ourselves. Yeah. So it's weird because it's like, um, because it's filmed in front of a live audience, mm-hmm. that pause for laughter yes. is always super cheesy to me. But at the same time, I would like love to go see how a show was filmed and like go sit in the audience while they do that stuff. Well, in part of it, there are times when the lines are actually funny and they don't have that pause as long. Mm-hmm. So you're, I think it'd be interesting, too, to go one time and see what that's like. I feel like in their script, it's like, deliver line, pause five seconds for laughter, continue the next line, because it's so it's there's no flow to it at all, because they're waiting for the audience to respond. Yeah. that's I want her bar, though, for my backyard, like a mini version. That looked nice, didn't it? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'd, I'd go for it. <laughs> Although right now I'd go for a fridge dedicated to i'm telling you certain beer beverages yeah everyone saw that mine got stocked up yesterday because i finished my barn door well supposedly i'm trading a sign for a couple beers from the brewery today so we'll see what happens the best is yesterday in my stories i said um dui instead of diy and that after i had posted about my beer (laughs) fridge being stocked and i got responses of so how stocked is your beer fridge still? And like, obviously you're cracking those open, what you just restocked with. And I was like, I haven't even been drinking. Like, I don't know why I said DUI. So. Autocorrect? Or did you verbally say Verbally. It? Oh, even worse. Yeah. You cannot, can I, you, is there a voice autocorrect? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel like there is. I couldn't stop laughing and I thought about deleting it and I was like, I don't even care. I'm just going to leave this in here. There you go. Yeah. Clickbait. See, I made Do a mistake. The I made a mistake. <laughs> Speaking of mistakes, let's talk about your mistake you made. Oh, it was a stupid one. That's for sure. I'm obviously going to keep all names throughout this entire episode completely out of it. So, this one was a customer that I've worked with before, and they've always, you know, done the order. I've invoiced them and they've paid within, you know, four or five days. And then I usually ship stuff out. And this time I, or they, they sent me some stuff. I engraved it and they're like, I need it quick. So I just, you know, I did the work and I said, okay, I'll ship it out to you. And I invoiced it and I went ahead and shipped it that day. It has been like two weeks and I still have not gotten paid. So my mistake was I should have gotten payment before I sent stuff out, which normally I would not do. And I haven't done it for 
at least three years now. But because of the track record where he had paid the last three things on time, I figured the fourth thing he'd also pay on time. So that's where assumptions kicked my butt. And he's thinking, I bought three, I get the fourth one free. It's like coffee. Well, the part that's bad about this one is it wasn't like a $20 job. It was like a $600 job. And it's custom. And it's completely custom. Oh, well, it's in his hands now anyway, so it really doesn't yeah. matter. Well, that's but the thing. Because if... they've even said, yeah, I've got it. They look awesome. Yeah, because they're me. free. Like <laughs> They look even better because they're free. Yeah. I was like, I already gave you a discount for being a return customer. Like, you're, you're overstepping the window limit of how long it can take you to pay. Like, I'm not a supplier to Home Depot and expect to get paid six months later. Like, I expect to get paid the same week that I give you your stuff. So, lesson learned. Don't ship your stuff out without payment. Yes. So, especially with custom items, like, I won't even start on them until I've received 100% payment up front because I can't resell it. If it's something that... I can probably sell again, like basic cornhole boards or like a cutting board or something like that, either payment up front or I shouldn't say those really because they're so cheap, but like larger ticket items like that I could resell, I expect at least 50% up front because some of that stuff is really hard. Like because I make furniture, that stuff's very expensive. So for someone to gather all that and have it up front, it's not always realistic. But if I yeah. get the 50% up front, I have covered most of my time plus materials. And then if I have to resell it because they fall out, I end up making more money. So it's not that big of a deal. Well, this one... It's just storage that would suck. Yeah. I mean, they shipped me the items to customize. So at least I didn't pay for those. Because then it would have been way worse. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have done it if I had paid for the items too. But it was one of those things where I trusted their payment track record. And I'm hoping that it's one of those things where they are truly as busy as they claim they are. And they just keep forgetting to do it. But I'm going to remind them every day <laughs> from now until they pay me. You're going to sound like a debt collector now? Like, I hate to be that person. But I also can't afford a $600, like, debt to, that somebody has. Like, I can't float a $600 debt. I don't have enough capital in the company to be able to do that. Like, if it was, like, 20 bucks, okay, like, I've lost $20 on other ones before. Like, that's at least manageable. But when you're talking about the equivalent of, like, a car payment to some people or a machine payment, or whatever it might be, that's a huge chunk. Right. Like, you know, if it was 20 bucks, I'd probably be like, okay, yeah, like, I'll give you another week. But this is more than I'm willing to let go for another week. Yeah, and the hard part with what you do is you very rarely do business locally, so it's not like you can just show up and expect payment. Yeah. Like, like 99% of your stuff is shipped. This was shipped, yep. so it's it's not something that I could go and knock on their door and be like, hey, I'd like you to pay my invoice now. <laughs> like, and I sent the reminder through the payment app, mm -hmm. so I, I don't know. I'm just going to have to keep on top of them. 
I'll give you an update if I get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully by the time this episode gets released, you've been paid. We can do an addendum. I can hope. <laughs> I would like nothing more than to get paid. I had that happen with um, one of the console tables I built over the summer um, that I finished it by the completion date and I was expecting the, you know, the second half of it. And it was for a family friend. So, um, I finished it, said it was ready for delivery and she was unable to receive it. And I didn't know how long it would take for her to receive it. So I sat on it for a few weeks. And then finally the day we set up delivery, I had it literally loaded in my truck and it was so heavy. It took the four of us, my whole family to get it loaded. And it was going to have to get delivered up to the third floor of an apartment building stairs only no elevator. So, um, had it loaded in my truck. I was halfway there and she got, she canceled on delivery. And so, yeah. yeah, So my lesson learned for that one was one, I would, I will never deliver to a third floor building, which luckily I never had to, but, um, definitely charge more for something like that and then start charging a storage fee i think would be because i completed it by the promised delivery date and the fact that she couldn't pick it up or receive it if i delivered it that's not my fault and luckily i have the spare living room where i can store stuff like that but it's still very inconvenient for it to be in my house and I've actually, yeah. I talked to other makers about it too, and they start, they charge a storage fee. So it made me feel, you should. yeah, it made me feel less ruthless, like hearing from other people that that's okay. And since, especially since I got halfway there, like loaded it in my truck, strapped it down, all that stuff. That's not, that's, you know, almost an hour by the time everything's secure and you're ready to go. And then the drive time, it's, it was just BS. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to be like, okay, you get one week or four days or whatever you want right, to give right. them after that time i will be start charging a storage fee because once i see oh fee mm-hmm. then they'll pick it up yeah so that one she ended up saying oh i'll come pick it up and then or you know can you just drop it off to our parking lot blah 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 and finally she came and picked it up and it was still last minute. I was like, you know, you owe me money, right? Like on top of everything, like you haven't paid. And she's like, oh yeah, that's right. It's like you, how I like I hate that when it's someone you know, they so they feel quote like quote unquote forget. Well, yeah, or that because they know <laughs> you, they feel like they can like almost take advantage of you. Yeah, that's you know. So I think working with friends, like that's a whole nother lesson out of that. Working with friends, like you don't get special treatment. Well, that brings up the meme that I see all the time, which is you are more than willing to go buy the next, you know, Jay-Z product or the next Beyonce product or whatever. But you, if your friend starts a business, you're a lot of people are immediately like, that'll never work. You'll never get there. It's not going to happen. So they're more willing to invest in these people they've never even met and they're less willing to invest in people that they know and they trust. And that's the thing that resonates lately is I've heard so much negativity about, oh, it's never going to work from people I know. Mm -hmm. And I get more encouragement from people I've never met. Yeah, that's what's crazy. Like, especially 
like because we've all built this community like through instagram and everything like how we're able to like empower one another and lift each other up and it's like you guys are total strangers like literally refer i refer to the people i talk to on instagram as my imaginary friends because like i've never met all of these people i will probably never meet them but i yet i talk to them almost every day and they know what's going on with my business all this stuff but like the people that i've known that i've made relationships with for like over 10 years like could give two craps about my business and how it's going but it's on the sorry go ahead no no it's fine the um so so my friends like the the people that i consider my friends aren't like this like i'm gonna i'm gonna be straight that you know my actual friends are encouraging i don't have a lot because i (laughs) i obviously i don't want to be friends with people that only want to be friends with you to take advantage of something Mm -hmm. which i mean i've had people that were like oh let's be friends hey can you make me this on the laser yeah (laughs) like i just see what's going on here and then they just use me for my laser yeah and then there's people at work so there was somebody that was like hey could you make this and it was like a sign, like a custom sign with like six different colors. I was like, yeah, and the size you want, because it was like, you know, three feet. Like it'd probably be like 400-ish. And they're like, wow, that's a lot. Like, wow, like yeah. that's actually cheap because that because I work with you, I was willing to be like, look, I'll cut you a break because I don't have to ship it or anything. Like I can deliver it at work. Mm-hmm. I'd do it for this. If I was shipping it, it'd be a lot more. Right, because you have to cover all the packaging material and everything. Yeah, but, I mean, it's people like that, the people, you know, that you work with or whatever. They're like, oh, you own a laser? That's cool. Like, yeah, I'm trying to turn it into, like, a side hustle. And they're like, good luck. What what is with people immediately being negative? I told you, like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, keep your mouth shut. It's, It's really easy to do. It's just don't say anything. I just like that. It blows my mind how people feel like that they can get away with saying something like that or not encouraging you and not supporting you. I posted this thing to my Instagram last year sometimes about like if your friend owns a small business, all you have to do is like like and share their post um, to support them. You don't have to buy from them. And I feel like that's true. Like, I'm, it's almost easier to not work with your friends because they're going to try and take advantage of you or not going to try. But there's kind of always that expectation of like, oh, I know you, so you're going to cut me a deal, right? Um, but like, that's all you have to do is yeah. just tell your friends about it. Like, tell your coworkers about it. Oh, hey, you just bought a new house. You're looking for, you know, furniture. My friend has a business that could help you out. Like, they could come meet with you and consult with you and hook you up exactly and there's i mean you'll see obviously you'll see the keyboard warriors online that are immediately negative too but i i don't know like personally if somebody was like yeah i'm trying to kick this like i know people in the maker community people i've met before i was really into instagram and they were like yeah i'm trying to start this as a side business I was like, that's cool. Like, you're trying to do what you like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my first reaction is more, you know, if there's anything I can do to help get your name out there, let me know. Right. You know, we're friends. I'm more than willing to help you. Like, I I trust your work. But then 
there's a lot of people where I'm like, yeah, you know, I bought this new machine. I'm trying to make it a side business. They're like, man, that's as much as a car. Why'd you do that? Well, I'm investing in a business hoping that it will make money. You're investing in a BMW that's going to drop 20000 in value the minute you drive it off the lot. So different mindsets <laughs> like yeah it it almost makes me not want to talk to people about what i do if that makes sense uh because well, I, it's like the road less traveled right because yeah. i see all these entrepreneur posts on i don't know if you see a bunch of them on instagram but they'll pop up and they'll be like good debt bad debt and the bad debt's a car the good debt's like machinery mm-hmm. and stuff you're trying to make money with And it's amazing if you look at the comments, like the people that are trying to do this stuff agree with the capital investment side and the people that just want to look like they are rich and make a lot of money are all about the nice car. And I was telling you, like I did some samples for a exotic car company. I was like, I felt like I didn't belong just walking on the lot. I'm like, I'm never going to own, like, even if I had the money. I would never, yeah, I would never spend it on something like that. No, because there's there's the insurance, there's the fixing anything. Like, if I want to drive a Lamborghini for a day, and I had the money to do it, I'd just go rent one for a day and be like, look, after that, like, I don't have to worry about, you know, fixing if it breaks or whatever. And I know that not everybody thinks like that. You know, some people, their business is exotic cars. That's awesome. Some people just want the exotic car so they can look rich and get it, you know, Instagram famous. Like, I don't know. I'd... Anyway, my rant over. <laughs> you know, it's funny um, because Amanda is, is working on her real estate license. It's actually in, was in the books for her real estate license that said, so you can seem more approachable to your clients. Don't have too nice of a vehicle. Because they're not going to feel like they can relate with you, or that they're you're making too much money, like that they're oh, going to get a crappy would be deal. Perfect. There you- <laughs> <laughs> so, um, which is funny. I feel like that's like a lesson right there too. Like, don't make that mistake of like looking looking beyond your means. Really, you know what I mean. Don't spend money yeah. in unnecessary expenses like that. Well, and don't. I mean, this is the thing, right? So there are tools that I've obviously gotten for free. I don't think I've ever tried to hide that. Like the router table. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Would I have bought it with my own money? Probably not because it was just more than I could afford at the time. Right. But it's a super useful tool. If I were to buy one, I probably would have either A, made my own, or B, bought like a cheaper one that would have worked. I mean, my jigsaw is a craftsman from like the eighties or nineties. Like it still works. It still works. I haven't bothered to go buy a new one, but you will see the people that think that woodworking is all about having the best tools. And I see people making the most amazing things and their tools are like 30 years old and falling apart. Mm -hmm. And then you have these people that have, the highest end tools they probably have a fifty thousand dollar garage just in woodworking tools and they're making like farm tables 
that just like i don't under i guess that's a whole another topic i'm not against what people want to make but it goes back to that i feel like some people feel the need to own the latest tool because it makes them quote unquote look cool or you know fit in or whatever terms you want to use like use the tools you have use the tools you can afford right like you don't need one tool that costs a thousand if you can get four tools you actually need for that same thousand dollars like you don't have to have the fest tools of the world like you can get by with other stuff right like if you set it up properly you take care of it properly you don't beat the crap out of it it'll work well yeah like i mean obviously i would love to have festool and i'm trying to like set aside to get a domino because that would benefit what i do well that you know makes what I mean? sense but like that's i could still build until then and i'm not going to go yeah. charge it on my credit card and Correct. hope that it pays for itself before my bill comes you know what i mean so that's mistake right there like getting yourself into debt because you think you need to compare yourself to everyone else. Correct. I would highly advise against business loans unless you like absolutely need it for some reason, because think of what you want to make and the tools you need to make that item. Try to sell that item, even pre-sell it for that matter, like approach people and see if they'd like that item in general to see if you could drum up business for it before you ever make one. Right. And you can, you can 3d model it and show people what the end result would look like without ever actually building one. Yeah. Cause you can definitely like work within what you have. If you have like a circular saw and a drill, you can do a ton of stuff with that while you're starting out and then start setting aside your profit from each of those builds towards building up your arsenal versus yeah. like all of a sudden you have $10,000 on your credit card and you're working just to pay down that bill. Correct. And in the past, I would never have done any kind of loan or anything. I made the exception this time with the bigger laser. You and I talked for so long though, before you made the jump to getting that laser. I think I spent, easily six months contemplating and whether it was a good idea every or not. day for six months you messaged me and was like should i do this should i not do this i would measure so i would yeah. talk to my wife i would talk to my parents i would talk to steven i would talk to you i would talk to our friend mike and i'd be like look like this this is a serious decision i'm not going to take it lightly and i got you know people that i trusted I got their opinions and not a single one of you said, don't do it. Every one of you were like, I think you should do it. And it's crazy. Cause I feel like even though it obviously it hasn't paid for itself yet because it, it is a big expense. I think yeah. because you're doing a monthly payment every month, you having the bigger laser is paying for itself with the, just the flexibility of what you can do with it now versus your older machine. So there are things I can do now. I could have never done with the previous one like the sign i just made for rr buildings i could never have made one that big and with that much detail right on the old one and it has opened up new possibilities like before i didn't have a rotary and now the rotary has paid for itself 
Yeah, I, I feel like all you're doing is making. I feel like all you're doing is making Yetis. <laughs> For there was like a two week period where I did like a hundred and twenty or something of them. And it's funny because at one point you're like, oh, I'm not going to get it. You know, Mancrafting does Yetis, and then it's a good thing you went and got it because that's. So I got it purely because I was like I could make. For the clients to spend a lot of money and come to me recurringly, mm-hmm. like you know, I could do some as gifts, could do them as Christmas gifts for family, and it you know other jobs will pay for the rotary part. And I got it, and then I made one, and somebody was like, "Oh, how can I order one?" I was like, "Well, I didn't really expect that, but okay, yeah, I can do that." And then somebody was like, "Can I order like 50 I'm like. Seriously? You're all absolutely. Like, yes. <laughs> Will so, you pay me up front first, though? <laughs> yeah. So this, I mean, it has paid for itself now, that rotary attachment. And there there are things that, so a sign before on the old machine that was 12 by 24 would take me like an hour to cut, right? Just the logo portion. The new machine can do it two foot by three foot. So it's what, like six six of the same squares mm-hmm. so if you have a 12 by 24 you can fit what six 12 by 24s or no four you can fit four 12 by 24s and a 24 by 36 roughly this is really early for a lot of math it's not exact i'm zoning out it's rough <laughs> but you can fit like at least twice the amount of space and when i did it the last sign i cut to the so this is a good comparison the abel baker brewing one mm-hmm when I did it as a 12-inch diameter sign, it took like an hour and something to cut. It took like 35 minutes. Yes. And it's twice the size. Yeah, so just productivity alone is worth it. Yeah. The cut time is faster. It's a higher-powered machine. The engraving's faster. Like something that used to take, you know, three minutes to engrave, now it takes like a minute, minute and a half. See, that's what... I have, I'm full-time, but I haven't taken out a business loan. I just, like, build and you take part of the profits and put it back into the business and put, like, everything I'm making, I'm putting back into the business because I don't want to have to take out a loan and I don't want to worry about that extra bill every month. I didn't... And that's what I do right now. Well, that and, like, the benefit of being self-employed and work is the fact that I have a flexible schedule and some, you know, sometimes stuff comes up and I have to take time off and I didn't want to be locked into having to work for, you know, four weeks solid just so I can make my, my loan payments. Like, like this past, well, yeah, these past three weeks, I think I've taken off because I've needed to do, well, not, I mean, from building because I did the administration side of everything, but I feel like I'm more set up for the next four, five, six months of my business and everything like that now that I was able to take that time off. Yeah, and I I agree with all of that. I did this one, but even going into it, I said, if I don't use my smaller laser, I'm going to sell it. So I have money towards the bigger one if I choose to put the money towards the bigger one. So I sold the old one. And in the event that I have trouble making a payment that month, I have that money to go towards it. So it's one of those things where 
just make sure you put in the forethought and think everything through before you take a big leap. Like, it's fine if you want to, if you need to take out a business loan for some reason. But keep in mind that a lot of the reason small businesses fail is because they take out a loan and they can't pay it. Those interest rates are, things they don't need. are nuts. You don't need, you know, all of the fancy marketing stuff to start out. Right. Like, just get some cheap business cards. That's all you really need. Well, it's funny. With I was ordering business cards the other day with my new logo, and then on Vistaprint, it's always like, you can add this item on for $5. You can add this yeah. on for $10. And I was like, I need new everything. And then... I was like, why am I wasting so much money on this? It was like, yeah. I don't even know what event I would use that at for. So let me just get the business cards right now and go from there. And that's that's what I mean. People will see those and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I need you know, business cards and I need stickers and I need this and I need this. And even people that are like, oh, do you want a sticker swap? I'm like, yeah, stickers are cool. Like, I'll send you stickers if... You know, somebody wants to swap stickers, that's fine. But you can waste a lot of money. You can easily, easily, because the stamp is, I think it's not even, it's over 50 cents now. 50 cents, yeah. I think it's over. And then, and the sticker's about a buck. Yeah, depending on who you go with and how many you get. Because if you don't want to spend over $50 on stickers, then you have to pay more because you're not getting the bulk deal. Just think responsibly. Don't like, as soon as I started this, I was like, I want everything branded, yeah. like a bunch of shirts and, you know, I have the banner in my office and all this stuff. And now I'm like, I, st- I still don't have a shirt of my own yeah. brand. <laughs> well, that's partially my fault because we were talking about working that out and I've stopped making shirts this past week because I've been in barn door hell. But <laughs> yeah, um, I just don't waste money on unnecessary items. Totally agree. And it's hard because it's like new and shiny and everyone else is doing it. Like there are exceptions. If you're going to a conference like WorkbenchCon mm-hmm. or something, I should have had a t-shirt with my logo on it. That probably would have helped. But I didn't. And I still got by without it. You don't have to have everything that people tell you you need to have, right? You need to have what you think is going to benefit you the best. So if you really need a circular saw and people are telling you that you really need to have, you know, branded merchandise or whatever, mm-hmm. honestly, people probably don't give a crap about your merch until you've got like 20,000 plus followers. Let's be honest. <laughs> I've had people tell me, oh yeah, if you make it that into a shirt, I'll buy it. Made it into a shirt. Nobody bought it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, I mean, they want to say that they'll do it, but you need to build your brand and get people to buy into your brand before people will start buying merch from you. Yeah. It's hard because like you got to put in the work, like, you know, people do their bonfire campaigns or whatever for shirts. And I'm like, I would love to support you like my peer, my friend and buy your shirt. But I'm like, you know what I could do with that 25 bucks? Like, I know it sounds stupid, but when you're doing this all in your on your own and in cash like you really have to think about stuff like that yeah and usually there's like two or three a year that'll be like okay yeah there's two or three people this year that i'll pick that are doing something and i'll try to support them in some way like i try to limit it so i don't get out of control with it 
So like this year I bought Mark Spagnolo's new book because Mark has helped me a lot mm-hmm. and he's answered a lot of questions for me and I felt the least I could do was buy his new book. And there have other been other people where it's one of those things where, you know, they helped me in a big way and I just tried to show some support in some way. But you don't need you don't always you don't have to do what other people tell you you need to do it's like there are people on here on instagram on youtube whatever that are getting paid to push whatever people are paying them to push Mm -hmm. there are brands out there i mean some of the brands are really good some of the brands people don't care for whatever it might be but you don't have to do something just because somebody tells you to if you trust their opinion i get it right i mean if if there was somebody that i truly trusted and they recommended a product and i actually needed that product i'd probably give that brand a try but i'm not going to see something and be like oh i need to have that now because it's flashy or it's new or they said you know it's the greatest tool ever I'm like can i see a use for that so don't fall into the trap And I've made this mistake of buying a tool you don't need because somebody marketed it well. Mm -hmm. You don't have to buy it unless like you feel you actually need to have it. Yeah, I would recommend like make a list of your wants or what people have recommended for you tool wise, product wise, and then write that down. And as you start doing builds, look at that list. Would I have benefited from purchasing that item? Like, would that have made this productivity increase? Would it have made the quality of the product I'm making better? Any of those things? And if it's true for any of that, start working towards buying those items. Don't just go out and buy them first. And chip away at it as you, like you said, you take the money, the profits, and you reinvest them. You don't put it on a credit card and try to figure out how to pay it off. Mm -hmm. Like, you you don't... Well, there's two ways to look at this. You buy it right away, you have credit card regret, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've I'm sure we've all been there at one point in time. Or you do what I've tried to do business-wise, and you save up the money, and you save it towards a specific goal that you've written down, like you said. And when you're saving for it, and you get to the point where you have that money, you may have changed your mind and found out the last two months that you've been doing work that you actually need this other tool more. Right. So not only does it, it gives you that waiting period. And what I've always worked by for the business stuff is if it's a huge purchase, sit on it for three months, figure it out if it's something you really need to have. And this is like, if you don't have like the full money yet, Mm Mm-hmm. Like, don't try not to do the impulse buys. Make sure you take the time and step away and say, okay, do I really need it? And then you work for, like, the next few months and you see if that tool would have helped you or increased your productivity or whatever. And that's what I did with the laser, which is why I talk to you, like, every day about it. (laughs) And it was like, this is what I ran into today. Man, I a larger laser really would come in handy. And then there were other ones where, you know, 
you like you want a domino. I get it. You build a lot of furniture. It makes sense. Right. Could you start with a biscuit joiner? Exactly. That's why I don't have a domino yet because yeah. That and especially with my next couple builds lined up, I do, I literally don't need it. Yeah. So why get it now? Well, that's that's kind of the thought, right? So, but with these next couple builds coming up, I can probably afford my domino after that, and then I'll have it and be able to like start marketing towards tables or whatever. And I think that's a great way to do it. So, learn from our mistake of you know the impulse buy and try to take at least at least four weeks, take a month, and sit down and be like, do I really need to have this? If you do. In a month, you're still going to need it. Well, it's, if you find out in a month you don't need it, then you didn't need to buy it. Technically, my CNC was kind of an impulse buy, although I'm not the one that bought it. That was a gift from my brother. But it was like, check out this cool thing. Like, I sent him videos on Instagram and everything, and he was like, would it benefit your business? I was like, probably. And so he all of a sudden sent me money, and he was like, go buy your CNC if it's going to help your business out. And I jumped into that one, and I told you I didn't know jack about... Yeah. CAD so look how you know a, over a year later I'm still learning so much about it so that was a big jump and luckily that wasn't my money like that was something he wanted to do to support me and everything like that but I feel like if I would have even done a little bit more research about it before I went and got it then I would have been able to use it to a higher capacity than I was right off the bat another mistake that a lot of people make is in regards to shipping. Oh my gosh. Is shipping like the... It's either like the make or break your spirits. I feel like that is like a hot topic this week too. Of shipping like the yeah, nightmares I'm not the of only it. one, right? Nope. You're either re- people that have received items this week or are sending items out. Like I know... Um, <laughs> uh, she, I think it's Indie Signs and Designs now. They, she used to be Naughty Bark. She received her maker shirts, like some maker made a bunch of shirts and sent the samples to her. Mm. And she was putting on her stories that the box ar- arrived wide open from USPS or something like that. Like the tape had completely busted and they just left it on her porch like that. And then that was followed up by Lizzie from House of Timber talking about shipping and her disasters and then you with mm-hmm. your FedEx disasters and I was like oh my like I feel like the po- like the delivery services have gathered and found out like who makers are and they're like let's F with them and destroy all their packages <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think that I'm going to either write like a detailed blog or do a video about shipping and my experiences and who I go with now and who I actually like for all the shipping I've done, I kind of have a break rate percentage per carrier, right? Some of them are really high. Like UPS is probably like at 50% break rate, which is absurd. And so, yeah, Lizzie and I have had the same issue. And we both started using the same carrier because we don't trust the other ones. I just think it's funny. Like I watched you reopen one of your signs recently that came back damaged. And I'm like... It's taken you forever to open it. Like, how are they even breaking it? So so here's the funny thing, right? So I was packaging them and do, using bubble wrap, right? And they would hit a corner of it 
or whatever, and they compressed the corner. Could I package that corner better? Okay, maybe. Explain to me why that corner had like enough impact to compress a piece of wood. I'd love to know. But, okay, yeah. I could have packaged that better, sure. Fast forward to the one I just did, right? And I don't know if I showed you the picture. But, so the box on the outside was not damaged. The sign, they, they had done whatever with enough force that it sep the glue separated from the force and the pieces like so there was still like glue on the back of the thing mm -hmm. but like the pieces had sheared off and like half of the sign was no longer intact oh, like that doesn't happen from normal carrying like you have to throw that thing like i have thrown signs and dropped them on the ground and like the pieces never broke off yeah it's crazy and that was without any packing material around it so explain to me how you are destroying a sign with no visible signs of damage to the box. Are you throwing it 50 feet and trying to catch it? Like, I don't get it. See, and, and this one was packed. People why I don't ship. Well, and this one had layers of half-inch thick styrofoam on all sides. The whole thing was enclosed in styrofoam, and they still managed to do this. So I don't know. Like, I even had padding between all the pieces and the styrofoam so like stuff shouldn't have moved around and they had my only thought is that they had would have had to throw the box to get enough momentum and then somebody have to catch it and stop it abruptly for it to be able to move and have enough force to break those free like i in my mind i'm like how did you do this and i don't know if they'll pay the claim or not i filed a claim but i so i worked with the customer right and I said, look, I'm so sorry this happened. Let me know what I need to do to, you know, make sure that you've had a good experience. Like if I have to remake it, I'll remake it. Just let me know. And they said, well, I can just put it back together myself. Is it just like super glue? I was like, well, it was, you know, CA glue. I was like, if you want me to make a new one, I'm fine with that. Like, it's not your fault that it got broken. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm talking about with like, I've had customers buy into my brand more than you know friends <laughs> this customer was like the experience from watching you create and assemble the sign was worth what i paid you you don't need to make me another one nice i was like what in the world like you appreciate if that was my me? own customer i'd yeah. be like make me another one <laughs> like like that was probably the best news i had heard in months of doing this and I had another one that they compressed the corner on two signs. And I said the same thing to the person. And I said, let me know what you'd like me to do. If you need me to make more, let me know. And they're like, well, if you could just remake one of the two, that'd be awesome. So I remade it and I just chipped it out. Hopefully it makes it. And I was like, let me know if there's anything else. And they're like, no, that's it. Like, you've been great. There are still people that if something happens in the mail and it's not, something you can control people that truly buy into your brain and what you do they won't hold you accountable for it right even though they have like every right to hold your you know company liable for it 
I'm like, I'm still willing to remake the science if they want me to. And I told him that. It's like, if you decide later you want me to remake it, let me know. Like, it's on me, not on you. See, that's why I'm having a hard time. Like, when people are, you know how you said you made those mugs for that guy before. This is his fourth order. You gave him a discount. Like, that's why I'm having a hard time even giving people discounts nowadays. Because the amount of work that you're putting into every little thing, it's like not worth it in the end giving them the discount only they benefited from it you didn't and then sometimes it really bites you in the butt and you have to work so much harder because like they might end up being like a little more demanding or a little bit pickier but like i put in my stories yesterday how messy my shop was from building a product or a project for myself but i was like this is exactly why we charge what we charge like yes there's you know a gallon of glue out there's every freaking clamp i own out because i had to like clamp those planks down for my barn door there's like my circular saw my track out there's my table saw there's all this stuff and it's like this is why we charge like this that really like seeing it all out there from one project was like just a deciding factor for me right there like no more discounts yeah it's it's not beneficial for me at all even if it the main reason I did it was because they actually referred me to somebody else that also ordered. Did they pay? That other person did. Yeah. <laughs> but that was before this job happened. Mm. So I was like, you know, because you gave me that referral, yeah, sure, I'll cut. I'll give you a small discount on this one because you've ordered before and you gave me a referral to somebody else. And it, I don't do it often. I do it for people that have been good customers have referred me to other people have brought me other business and i feel like people that bring me other business deserve to be you know compensated in some way if they're ordering i have no problem giving them a small discount because they were you know telling their friends to go through me for a sign but one thing about shipping that you must do is pay for the insurance so when I first started, I didn't. I was like, oh, that's like an extra 15 bucks. Like, if I pay that, oh, it's going to eat into my price. Then they break it. <laughs> and then you're out like $200. On the low Instead end. of 15 Now, there are certain carriers that don't want to uphold their side of said insurance and don't want to pay their claim. I still have one from November from a specific carrier that will not pay out their claim, even though they're clearly at fault. The other two carriers have paid theirs so far when they have broken something. I will tell you, it's uh, no matter how much you package it, they find a way to break it if they really want to. I don't get it. Like, if I mark something fragile with certain carriers, it's like it's more likely to get broken. Oh, I know. I'm very curious. Since you put six stickers on your fragile box the other day, how damaged that one's going to be because now it's like a game on. So I ship them with USPS. And USPS is usually pretty good about abiding to the fragile stickers. Other carriers seem to think that it then warrants it as a football or a soccer ball. And that fragile means, oh, it's now a challenge to break it. Because I've shipped things with fragile stickers all over it, and it got broken immediately. 
I've shipped things that were more fragile with no stickers whatsoever, and it made it perfectly in one piece. <laughs> That's why when you're talking about getting better like branding materials for shipping, I was like, how about you just start getting your packages there in one piece, and then you could start worrying about branding all your packaging. So one of the things I talked to you about was like I, I typically bubble wrapped them. So I stepped it up and now I'm using like sheets of styrofoam padding. I'm like, if if it gets broken with styrofoam padding, I, I honestly don't know what else You're to gonna do. You're going to have to start putting <laughs> spray foam in your boxes. Yeah, probably. Be like, you're going to have to cut through a bunch of spray foam to get to your time. Yep, I wrapped it in plastic wrap and then I spray, spray foamed it so that way it's completely packed in. So this past one, I made my own cardboard corners, <laughs> stuck them on all corners of the sign, wrapped them, wrapped the sign in brown paper, taped the corners onto the paper so they'd stay in place, surrounded the whole thing on all sides with half-inch thick styrofoam, then stuck more styrofoam on that outer layer of that, and then wrapped it in boxes. If that gets broken... I don't know what else to do. I would record that. That way, if you have a claim, send that to them. Just so you know, here's you the, know, the footage of me packaging it up worst, in the condition it's in. It's not the worst idea to videotape me packaging a sign anymore. Yeah. Because some of these are getting out of hand. But, like, I mean, big mistakes that I've had are buying things you don't need. Not paying for insurance when you ship something. Always do it. Don't care. Do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not worth saving 15 bucks. Just pay the $15. <laughs> it's worth the peace of mind. I would recommend on, you know, the shipping side, I would avoid the three-letter carrier that starts with a U. Because they may or may never have paid the claim. The other ones are like... Don't ship stuff without being paid first. So that was another mistake I obviously made. But you brought up one early on about doing work at a discount or free or giving it away to people that I guess are influencers of a sort, whether it's maker community or YouTubers or whoever, that say that they'd love to do um, a shout out or whatever for the sign which I've done. Like I've made them for like two or three YouTubers. They're like, yeah, when it comes, like I'll shout it out. I'll make a post about it. I'm even going to make a video about it. None of that has happened. It has been a year. <laughs> you get burned so bad. And I'm, I'm starting to get so like, if I had told somebody that and I got the sign and I hung it on my wall, which they have done <laughs> and they've showed me pictures and they've been like, dude, this is so cool. They have not done anything of what they said they were going to do. And I'm like, okay, like I'm going to, what's the word? Vet them better. Right. <laughs> so I'm more careful about who I even approach or will do stuff with because I've been burned like three or four times by people that said they were going to do something and then they didn't. So, you know, I get the small companies that are like, yeah, we'll send you this if you do a post or whatever. I get if they're hesitant about it. But there are also companies that want you to, like, bend over backwards and do 
thousands of dollars of marketing for them for like a ten dollar thing right like i don't get that either which is another thing don't take on sponsorships just to say you have a sponsor unless you actually see a value in said sponsor yeah because i told you about that one that was like a cnc company oh my god that was the worst freaking deal long story short for everybody else it was maybe like a fifteen thousand dollars cnc or something i was looking at so it's like axiom precision laguna type level of machine and i'm not going to say the company but i was like you know is there any opportunity for you guys to work with like makers and work with postings not for a free machine but for like you know a 10 percent discount or something they're like, well, we'd be willing to give you a, you know, a 20% discount if you post about it for two years. <laughs> Instagram might not even be around in two years. I was like, for one, dedicating two years to anything that is like, you know, that much money, like $15,000. I know somebody else that got a $30,000 machine and all they had to do was post about it once. It's like, granted, they have a much bigger audience, but you have to think, like, if they can do that with one post, why would it take me, if I'm posting for two years, over 600 posts, right, <laughs> right. to earn that same level of credit? Like, that, that's backwards. Like, you don't have to accept a sponsorship deal or a discount deal just to get the discount. Like I will pay the extra 20% to not have to post about you for <laughs> two years. And even then I'll probably end up going with a different company down the line. Cause I think Laguna was like, I'll give you a 15% discount. I was like, okay, well what do I have to do? They're like nothing. Just for asking like, for we it. We talked to you at the trade show and you know, we'd love to help you out. Like that's a huge, like 15% for nothing. 20% for two years of commitment. So just keep it in mind. Don't make the mistake of taking on a sponsorship or a deal that is not, you know, beneficial to both of you in a equivalent manner. Right. Well, it's same with like giving away work for free. Don't give away work for free. Work, give away work for trade. Yeah. And I've started to get to the point where like, I will offer to do it at cost instead of free. So at least like I'm not paying for the materials. So at least that way, like if it's somebody that's saying they're going to market it or post about it, they have some investment into it to keep to their word. And like, you know, I'll still throw in a few extra things that they didn't pay for that are small, mm -hmm. but you know, have a lot of value and it's just one of those things like we've all made these mistakes. You and I have made a lot of them. I've made a lot of them recently. <laughs> I'm trying to look on the bright side of things. So even if you make a mistake, try to find the silver lining and try not to let it discourage you to the point where you can't be productive on stuff you need to do. Yeah. So I feel like I could talk about this for days. <laughs> I'm sure a bunch of our listeners are like, now their little wheels are turning about mistakes they've made and what they want to share. 
and well to me like a design error where like you made something and it didn't work out and you're learning from it completely different type of mistake to me like that's a learning opportunity these are like that was stupid i should not have shipped something without getting paid like that is a immediately correctable thing that there are separate categories is what i'm getting at like there's the i made a mistake while making something and i learned how to fix it or i learned something from it versus usually i would i'm guessing they're more like administrative (laughs) (laughs) mistakes it's like i didn't pay for insurance or i went with this carrier knowing that they had a higher break rate or I sent something without getting paid first, or I agreed to this deal and it's not as good of a deal as I thought it was. Like those are all things that you can you can correct by learning from other people. And hopefully that like listening to this saves people from making the same mistakes we have. And if you have questions about the things we've done that are stupid, let me, let us know. I mean I've if made- you have a question about shipping carriers and who like I'd recommend you can ask me. I'm not going to um, diss ones like blatantly, but I can at least tell you, you know, I've had good luck with USPS most of the time. I'm not going to say there's not a single carrier that has never broken anything. Right. But there are certain carriers that have broken like 50% of what I've shipped. And I've, my friend Bill, that I learned a lot from they actually stopped using that same carrier because their break rate was like 40% over hundreds of Yeah, packages. and that's from a, like departing from a different state. So it's yes. just overall as a company, they don't care. Correct. So, I mean, I would also give you, I'd give you all the information to make a decision for yourself. I don't expect you to blindly follow what I'm telling you and say, you must go with whatever. I will give you information, you make your own decision, and go from there. But it's like anything else. Like, you don't have to blindly follow and buy a brand because somebody you follow and like buys that brand yeah, there's or gets sponsored some by that tools brand. I've done that with, and I'm like, this is crap. Like, I'm not into this at all, and everyone's, like, preaching about it, and I'm, I don't see the benefits of having this in my shop at all. Well, I've had people comment on my signposts and they're always like what kind of adhesive do you use for acrylic i'm like well actually this is mdf and they're like oh i thought it was acrylic (laughs) no it's mdf they're like why don't you peel the tape off the back of the acrylic before you glue it down i'm like because it's mdf (laughs) um but then i've had people that are like what glue do you use i'm like well i use starbond right now i've used other ones in the past like honestly try them figure out what works best for you sandpaper try other sandpapers yeah this one that everyone preaches about is not the best one out there and i've learned from mistakes like using it and then the scratches never come off yes because that's crap so you and i have had the same experience don't buy it i don't anymore that's what i know but the people that that are so like up this company's butt blows my mind. I'm like, there are other products. Probably not in Lowe's or Home Depot. The one I like is not carried in there. But purchase online through Amazon like you buy all your other stuff. 
the one I'm leaning towards lately is not sold in Home Depot or Lowe's. Yeah, it's just... Well, my, my CA glue isn't sold in either one of right. those Right, I mean, just try stuff for yourself. Don't don't jump on the bandwagon products. It drives Correct. me crazy. Well, and I've had people that are like, well, you have a discount code, like, you know, I'll try it. I'm like, look, like, don't don't buy it just because I have a discount code and it helps me. Well, I like to try it products at a discount so that makes sense what why well, i agree i mean i agree with trying products at a discount but i don't want you to buy it from me just to support me i want you to actually like do the research and figure out if it's a product that you think would work for you regardless of if it like if it doesn't if you don't think it'll work with you don't don't use my code to buy some that you don't think will work in the first place right. like you're just wasting your money before I started using this brand, I was using a different brand and it it suited my purposes for the most part. There were just like one or two things that I wanted to change and this other one happens to do that. But you don't have to buy, like some people will make you feel bad. I think you've seen this mm-hmm. where they'll be like, oh, you should really buy such and such a brand and you should buy it through my link. Like, why aren't you supporting me? I'm like, honestly... This is part of why I don't want to be a sole sponsored person. I like I I want to, it to be part of my overall portfolio, but I don't want to depend on it. Right. Because I don't want to be that person that shoves crap down your throat that just to make money. It's like I don't want you to go buy whatever product I'm pushing. So that I can make money if I know full well that it's not going to work for everybody. There are tons of things I've used that I I know would not work for you or Steven or other people. You mean electricity for Steven? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to rip on him while he's not here. It's electricity that's running water. I mean, uh, <laughs> we love you, man. Steven, we miss you. The... the um, <laughs> But but it's things like, like you and me, like I don't typically use an orbital sander. So like the sandpaper you really like wouldn't really work for me. Yeah, well, because you wouldn't need orbital sandpaper at all. Yeah, yeah. But a version of maybe that company's stuff could work, but do your research. Like don't blindly follow people, which is a mistake I've made in the past. You've made in the past. We bought the brands people pushed and because they said, oh, it's so awesome. And then we don't think it's awesome. <laughs> it it starts with a four-letter word that shouldn't be said on a family-friendly podcast. Because <laughs> you all listen to this in your car with your kids, I'm sure. Your kids love us. Oh, and so does your spouse that has no interest in making stuff. I'm sure they <laughs> love listening to a podcast about making. But anyway... I, I mean, we could talk about this forever, yes. but I do think that this could be a follow-up uh, workshop topic. Yes. And then I think we should have, by the time this is released, we should have workshop audio up on YouTube as well. We have at least one. One's on right? there on YouTube. So search okay. on YouTube, search Maker Vision Podcast, and the web call audio is posted on there. You can listen. Um and then 
we should have another call after this one's released on the 21st of April. This and book... then Go ahead. what other stuff? Oh, swag pack materials are in. Yes, they are. So a finished swag pack should be posted here soon of Trevor Gitz's acting gear. Hey, no. No pressure. You technically Damn. only have to wake, make one set to advertise. Well, I'm working to make the ones that have been ordered already. Yeah. So that they, they can ship out uh, the Monday. So this is Saturday for us, but it'll be Monday, so two days from now. I mean, there are a few people that have ordered them already, and we have two tiers. Mm-hmm. So there's a $15 and a 45 Yes. So you get a couple... Um, the... $45 gets the same as the $15 plus a couple extra items in there and all of this benefits all the hosting fees that we have to pay for the podcast. Exactly. And then, So if you're interested. Yeah, check it out. Go on the website out. and then hopefully it'll be posted on the Instagram soon, the finished product. And then if you're not following us on Instagram, do that and then start using the hashtag MakerVisionTribe and we try to get... Um, your stuff reposted onto our account so other makers can find you and follow you. Oh, we have a Facebook group too that Trevor's not a part of. Yes, but that's been kind of uh, well, it's been kind of cool Facebook. after um, the episodes release. There's um, kind of like an after show topic of people wanting to know more about certain things. So some conversation starts up after each episode on there. And if if there's something like an after show or something that you think we should do let us know so we have the workshop call like every two weeks Mm -hmm. which is more like an in-depth video call with people and then if you'd like to us to do an after show or carry a different product or a different tier or something uh, let us know and we can do our best to accommodate yep find us on one of our platforms we're there's a lot of ways to get a hold of us. Email, Instagram, all that stuff, Facebook. So. And we're pretty good about responding to all of our messages, at least at the moment. <laughs> we all we all read the emails. If whether or not you get a response on the emails is a different story. But they've been read. So <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's hard when, but it's you, hard when three of us have yeah. the login information for everything. So someone checks it at some point and we talk about it, but we all assume someone has responded. To the email account, and I think that's the only one we don't respond to really. But it's been read. But if you uh, if you if you really want an answer, I would probably either message the Instagram or message our personal Instagrams. Heck yeah, plug ourselves. And then that because I know that we each answer our own Instagram messages. But like you said, because we all have the same login information for uh, the podcast Instagram, we assume somebody else right, has already responded. Sometimes I get the notifications and then I go in there and I'm like, oh, it's gone. One of the other, you know, someone else took care of it. And then I look and it's like some pending message that we've had for over a week. I'm like, oh, sorry. Just saw this. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I will tell you now, I probably have not responded. The only thing I do is go in and see if they're like the pay us for likes and then i decline them so that you don't have to see them i've been using steven's credit card to pay for them well that's yeah. you know. <laughs> we're joking we're, obviously yeah we're 500 <laughs> followers i think they know that we're yeah <laughs> so anyway with that i will see you 
on next week's episode then. Yeah. And obviously talk to you throughout the week. Alrighty. Till next time. Alright. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to today's show. As a continued listener, we greatly appreciate your feedback, your input, and just downloading the episode every week. If you're a new listener, thank you for hopping on, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we also hope that you continue to join along with us every week as we'll put out new podcasts covering all sorts of Maker topics. Also, be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com, where we'll post valuable resources, tips, tricks, and Maker swag including stickers because, you know, makers love stickers. And we'll do this to help your maker vision become a maker reality. If you have any questions, suggestions, or any general input about this particular episode or previous episodes, you can reach out to our podcast email at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on our Instagram, and that's makervisionpodcast. Even better, you can reach out to us directly through my personal Instagram, that is Old South Woodcraft, Trevor's personal Instagram, Maker Experiment, and the personal Instagram of our newest co-host, Martina, at Naughty by Nature Designs. She also runs the Maker Vision Podcast Instagram account, so if you have questions, you can reach out to her either way, and she'll be happy to help. Also, if you really enjoyed today's episode, or even if you didn't enjoy, enjoy today's episode, let us know. Give us a review. Hopefully it's a five-star review to show us that, hey, we've been doing good, but if you didn't, tell us what you didn't like about it, because we're happy to hear from you either way. And once again, thank you for being a listener, and we hope to see you next week. 